Yo, 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 Thought Warriors. What is up? Higher Learning is on. It is I, Van Lathan Jr. And it's me, Rachel and Lindsay. Donnie, jump in. Well, we already know where we're going with this. I'm in. I'm jumping. Donnie! <laughs> oh, yeah. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> it feels good. Yeah. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> here we go now here we go now like, like you let me tell you something right now you predicted that the Cowboys would go to the NFC championship game <laughs> little did we know that you actually were prescient only you were talking about the Detroit Lions who I'm rooting for Donnie I, I, I think they're Everybody an exciting is. team I definitely don't want to see the 49ers go. Is Debo going to be activated or not? I'm Do not we sure. Know? Let me look that up. If Sounds he's like he's 50-50. Then you, if he's not, y'all are good to go. Yeah. Adam Schefter says he's 50-50 as of this oh, morning. And I mean, even if he plays, I don't care. We're not scared. We ready. We ready. Okay, let's we not ready. get cocky, Donnie. Donnie, will no, no, you no, be trying late. to make a trip to Vegas? Oh, man. Times is tight. And I, I think I've learned my lesson trying to make a trip to, to Houston. So I'm going to keep my ass at home and watch this with the fam. Wait, That's hold on, hold on, hold on. Wait, 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 wait. First of all, we should not jump ahead past the NFC Championship game like the 49ers no, no, no. are some fucking slouches that the Lions are going to run crazy all that. over. We're but not. Donnie, we're just if your team makes the Super Bowl, you have to go. You have to go. Oh, my God. I know, but... Uh... You know how expensive that's going to be? Them tickets are not going to come cheap, especially with it being the first time nah, the Lions have been nah, there, period. I'm telling you straight up right now. I'd be willing to put in. We, we'll make something happen. If they go to the right. Super Bowl, we'll make something happen. <laughs> like, we, we'll we will. Because we got connections and we know people. We'll make something happen if they go to the Super yeah, Bowl. And it's right. not just being in Vegas with all the festivities is going to be a lot of fun. I'll be there, but yeah. not for the game. Yeah. 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 Nigga. I mean, <laughs> go to the, it's, it's crazy. Bro, why are you? I, I, why are you? Why? Like you, you I, have to. Don't act like this now. Y'all haven't. No one has given a fuck since Barry Sanders ran the ball. No one has cared. Man, shout out to Detroit, man. I want to say something right now. I love Detroit. Jason Wilson, my homie up there. Garland Gilchrist, the lieutenant governor of Detroit. Great guy. Bakari Sellers introduced me to. Like I got love in Detroit. Okay. Street law. Street Lord Juan. Fucking Royce the Five Nine. I love Detroit. I fuck with Detroit so heavy. I'm happy for the city of Detroit. I am too. I'm happy for them, man. I'm happy. I'm happy for Donnie. But it's gonna make me change my mind if Donnie doesn't commit and actually go to the fucking. We'll Vegas. get. It. We'll get it. We'll get it. He just needs a little encouragement. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I need to marinate on it. It's just that that yeah, Houston experience is so recent, and I felt like, I, yeah, oh, that hurt. That hurt. So I, the, yeah, it will be so mean. much amplified if that happens again in Vegas. Not like it Houston's won't. got that. It won't I mean, be bad weather. It's mm, not going to be bad weather. Yeah, you're right. Let's jump to the other yeah. side. Other side of what? AFC. Um, okay, let's talk about it. Chiefs or Ravens? Oh, the Ravens. I think the Ravens are going to win. That's who you want or you really think they're going to win? I think the Ravens are going to pull it off. I think the Ravens have sucking um, defense and I think that they're playing at a level they haven't played before. Who you I'm have? so rooting for the Ravens. Yeah. But also because... I cannot watch the Chiefs anymore. I have to take like 48 hours off of social media. The The way the media jumps on anything that has to do with the Kelsey family and Taylor Swift, it's it's overwhelming. Hmm. I can't. I'm so sick of it. You're talking about Jason Kelsey now? Took his shirt too. off and it, he was there. It was very it was, fun. It was everywhere. Mm-hmm. It was everywhere. And I'm not knocking him. Great. You were celebrating. You're happy for your brother. You should be able to do that. It's the media, the way they jump on it. You don't everything. like Taylor Swift? I don't like the way the media treats Taylor Swift. 
How is that? They're obsessed. Hmm. They're obsessed because With people who? are obsessed. But Taylor they, Swift is good for ratings. It, so it's it, not like they just chose it, Taylor it Swift. It makes it even worse. Right. It makes it even worse. I'm not saying they just chose Taylor Swift, but I, I think it's just an overkill. And people would be excited just to, we could just see her walking into the game. That's it. We got to see Jason Kelsey. We got to see the pictures. We got to see him picking up kids and showing their signs. It's, it was just so much. Hmm. I, I get annoyed. I'm rooting for the Ravens all the way. Did you see Gerard Carmichael? At the game? With Taylor Swift. He was in the suite? With Taylor Swift. See, I guess I, t- I tapped out. Odd. Why? Don't know. Odd. Odd. Are they friends? Rub the wrong way. They, I guess they are. Rub me the I wrong feel way. Like she's friends. Why did you rub me the wrong way? I don't like, like it. I don't know why. I don't on, know why I don't like end? it. I don't like Gerard on whose end? So you don't like that Gerard did that? You're mad like at it. Gerard. I'm not mad. Because you don't like Taylor Swift. I just, That's I why. Know. I actually like Taylor Swift. I, I have, You know what the funny thing is? Should've is that shirt. the more this Taylor Swift thing annoys other people, the more I like it. Because you're a troll. I like the fact that everybody is so bothered by something that's really not that big of a deal. It's not a big deal. Uh, it's not. You don't like her. It's not. No, that's not true. Tell I have a shirt. You have a. Did you go to the Eras tour? I did not. And I didn't go to Renaissance either. So. Then I fucking with it. No, I just. It's just a lot. Hmm. But it was a four-hour concert. I'm not. I don't have. I, I don't it. have the patience. You're for not, that. You, you like Taylor Swift, but you're not a Swift. I actually do like her music. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not a Swifty. But um, it's not her. It's hmm. just the way she's just living her life at the game, having the best time. Yeah. I get it. It's exciting. But I don't want to see everything she does. So you, because of that, you're wanting to see the Chiefs lose because that just continues the Taylor Swift. Well, I'm also narrative. tired of the Chiefs keep going to the Super Bowl. I like the changeup and the Ravens. I've been wanting to see the Ravens, Lamar Jackson and the Ravens do this for a while. So I'm rooting for, I think Ravens and Detroit is a really, really exciting Super Bowl. Ravens Lions would be a great Super Bowl. Although I do, for some reason, have a soft spot for the 49ers. Get, get out of here. They've been knocking no, on the you're door tr- for so no, long. Stop, stop, stop. Listen, go to They've been knocking on the door <laughs> they for so been. long. They've been knocking on the yeah, door. Yeah, they get ahead of us, but not so not like us. The Cowboys haven't been knocking on the door. We've been tapping. The Cowboys have been, been outside <laughs> yelling. You know, like like say anything when John Cusack holds up the fucking radio. <laughs> That's, That's what us. the Cowboys have The Cowboys aren't knocking on the door of anything. They're like, hey, playoff Super Bowl. This is us. And and the girl is up there like, fuck you. <laughs> Let's get to the That's show. That's not funny. All right. Big deal of the day. Wow. Has the dick messed up the case in Georgia against Donald Trump? That pesky, we do pesky, that. pesky penis. Has it messed up the case? <laughs> We're going to talk about it and bring in a special legal guest. Yuri Tewaldi is, is joining us on the other side of this break. This episode is brought to you by Shea Moisture. We finally got some deodorants designed specifically for people with rich melanin skin from Shea Moisture. And they're amazing. Made with Shea butter and black dermatologists approved. These deodorants give you and your skin the care that it needs. Now, here's the thing, Rachel. Okay. The deodorants came to the house. Yes, me too. You got yours. I got them. Kalika picked one up mm-hmm. specifically. And I was like, oh, why are you picking that one up? And she said, because it says it's even underarm tone. Mm-hmm. And she goes like, sometimes when you use the other deodorants, they leave like your underarms untoned or something like that. 
And she was so excited to have it. She went back and she started using it right there, which made me wonder if she had put deodorant on for the day. <laughs> maybe she just reapplied. Maybe she, but but like, so that's a, it's a huge deal. And I've been using it too. It's very great. It's good. It smells good. The whole yeah. Thing. No, no, no. It is good. And it's last long. Like mm. I'm a sweater. Mm-hmm. So I need something strong. Mm. And I need, in addition to, I like that it evens out the underarm. I like the moisture and all of that, but it's the, I need it to last long. And this lasts for, it's a 48 hour sweat and odor protection, which is key. Wow. Uh, get the protection your skin deserves. Tap the banner to learn more or visit SheaMoisture.com. This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. You could be doing anything this week, right? You've got work, errands, friends, and a whole lot of fun in between. That's why the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the capable SUV that's built for your life. With premium interiors, available wireless charging, and room for your whole cargo and crew. Okay, Hyundai. Visit HyundaiUSA.com to learn more about the all-new 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Okay, before we get to our guests, let's run this down pretty quick. What's happening in, in, uh, in down there in Georgia, in Atlanta, Fulton County now. The question is, is the case against Donald Trump in jeopardy? Why would the case against Donald Trump be in jeopardy? Rachel, what's going on down there in Georgia? Well, to answer your question, legally, is the case in jeopardy? No. But morally, when it comes to a jury hearing this case and all this information that's out there and the jury hasn't been picked in the case at the moment. So all this information that's out there at this point is affecting the minds of people. Everybody's developing their own personal opinions and thoughts. You have them. I have them as well. When you look at this case for what it is, for the fact that Fonnie Willis historically is elected as the DA there in Fulton County in Georgia, runs on this campaign of integrity, talks about specifically not having relationships with people in her office, then to come to find out and then takes the bold move, not even in office a month Mm -hmm. before she steps in and says, hey, I'm going to establish this RICO case. I've been successful in using this RICO case in Georgia for such a long time. Um, It's kind of how she built her name. And I'm going to use this case against Donald Trump. I'm going to um, charge all these defendants. Some have already flipped. Like she's been very successful in the way that she's been been able to navigate it and has built a really strong case against President Trump. All of that, all that attention, people championing, championing, championing her it, when it comes to that. And then, that, did I not get it right? I still didn't get it. One second. One, one, more, time. one more time. One more time. It's a hard word. <laughs> championing. Champ- the championing. Champion, championing. That's it. Champ- championing. I think championing. Yeah, because this happens to me all the time. A, a couple championing. of words get me like this. Championing is one of them. Okay. But we got championing. Like, ideological sometimes used to get me. I had to really break down ideological. It was like ideological. And now it's like <laughs> I had to go ideological. Ideological. Championing. 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 That's it. Yeah. Okay. You got it. Um, so many people have been champion. <laughs> so many people have been I'm behind you, By the way, so by the way, I just be honest, it's not easy. Like it's, it's a hard championing. Championing? I'm done with it. That's it. It's okay, done. that's it's it. Okay. <laughs> So many people have been behind her for what she's been doing. Then for this to come out and in the way it is. Okay. So then you have a co-defendant in the case who brings this motion that basically is attacking, which we expected with Mm -hmm. Fonnie Willis, attacking her as a person, as a prosecutor, basically saying that she is not equipped to handle this case. Mm -hmm. He offers absolutely no evidence, but then it comes out 
that she does have an alleged relationship with Nathan Wade, who's a special prosecutor. And that is causing, causing people to question her judgment, her integrity, and whether or not she should continue on this case or that it, whether or not this case can continue in court. Yeah. Yeah. So the improper relationship, all different types of things that spin from that. Uh, we're going to bring in somebody right now that's going to help us figure this out. We've had it before on the show. She's on a new show, Hot Bench, which is Emmy nominated. Her name is Yodi Tuoldi. And we're just going to ease her into the conversation. You're getting two legal eagles for the price of one, guys. <laughs> we're going to try to figure this out. Will this case in Atlanta be torpedoed by the recent allegations against Fonnie Willis? Yodi's going to help us out right now. Is the case against Donald Trump in Georgia involving his alleged fake electors plot in jeopardy could be due to rising allegations of impropriety aimed at Fulton County DA Fonnie Willis, whose salacious relationship with the subordinate in her office is raising questions. We're going to talk about this today. Now, we already have a legal eagle here, but we have to bring in a real one. legal eagles. <laughs> a real one. <laughs> Two legal eagles. No legal stone will be left unturned here. We brought in Yoda Tewoldi from Hot Bench. Okay, tell us about Hot Bench real quick. Oh, gosh. Okay, so we are an Emmy-nominated... Talk to shit. Uh, ...judge show on CBS, created by the GOAT herself, uh, Judge Judy. And we are we just wrapped our season 10. Mm-hmm. We are going into season 11. Uh, what can I say? We're the first uh, show that has had three judges real lawyers, real cases that we pick up from a uh, small claims court across the country. And um, yeah, we tape here in Los Angeles and I have been fortunate enough to uh, join the show in its ninth season. So I'm now two seasons down. Wow. Um, Ready? So yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I can't believe it. And, and you know, the funny thing is someone had asked me um, in an interview if I'd ever do a judge show and I was adamant. My answer quick, no, would never do it. Um, then fast forward, and that was 2019. And then fast forward to 2021. And I'm like, Judy, Judge Judy? That, pan- oh, yeah. nah, that changed my mind. That pandemic hit. <laughs> to, I had a job. That pandemic hit. And it, like, and it started to be like, oh my God. No, no, no. It, it honestly slowing is. Slowing up. Slowing up. No, you're right. Up. It's Judge Judy. It was, ju- it was Judge Judy. She's got the Midas touch. I trust her. The, the problem with Judge shows that I found, and I enjoyed a lot of them. I mean, Judge Mathis was one of my favorite, but they seemed uh, exploitive. Mm-hmm. And there were real people, you know, real issues. They wanted some, you know, real solutions. And it seemed like it was more of an entertainment show than really, you know, a dual, what I call edutainment, right? Like to really educate not only the litigants, but the viewers. Like, how do you mm. not find yourself here? Yeah. And if you do, how, bring evidence. Like, people who come to court right. and bring zero evidence. I'm like, do you not watch a judge show at all? But, um, they so think yeah, it's TV. It, they it, think it's Judge Steve Harvey. That's what I'm saying. Let's get into it before we right. ruffle any more feathers. Okay. Um, <laughs> Big trouble down there in Atlanta. Uh, I'll just ask you straight up. How much trouble is the case actually in? Okay, so Rachel had texted me about this and I was being dramatic. I'm like, oh my God, she torpedoed this case. I was like, ooh, come on, I was being dramatic. Okay, so let me just say this. Um, Donald Trump 
is the first former president in U.S. history to face criminal charges. And this case out of Georgia is potentially the most damaging case against him, right? The interference uh, in the last election, pressuring state officials, all of that. But now, instead of talking about what Trump allegedly did, we're now having to talk about D.A. Fonnie Willis. Her relationship or alleged relationship, right? Um, well, let me talk about how to get a prosecutor disqualified uh, on a case and, and what a prosecutor actually needs to do in a case and why it is important for a prosecutor to never, ever have an appearance of impropriety, ever. Um, because I, I don't really quite understand why she would appoint someone who allegedly she has a relationship with when you are dealing with the magnitude of this case, when you're dealing with a former president, when you are dealing with the public scrutiny that comes with being a DA in and of itself. You know why. Was she trying to put it? What, why? The dick makes you dumb do crazy things. Dumb, dumb off Wait, the dick. Is that, is the, dumb the, off the, the dick. dick makes you is do that, crazy things. Are we going to talk like that? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. We all see. The dick makes you do crazy things. Everybody's been with. there. Everybody's been there. I've right. never been there. No, 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 no. But when, yeah. when, no, no, but Fani ran, she ran against the incumbent DA on this I'm ethical platform, mm-hmm. right? And when you're dealing with a former president who has multiple charges against him and, and multiple criminal cases, who goes out into the public and literally will rail on the judge, the prosecutor, anybody in that courtroom, hell, the court reporter could get it, Right. You are going to make sure that everything is buttoned up. And so I don't understand. And he accused her of dating uh, a drug dealer is what he said. Uh, before uh, that. Yeah. Before that. Yeah. So you mm-hmm. think, you think by paying your alleged lover more than $650,000, no one is going to find out? Nobody? And then on top of that, he is in the middle of a divorce. Right. And you've got his now estranged wife who's saying, hey, you, I want you to come testify in my divorce. And she's thinking, Fani is thinking, oh, this is a collusion sort of a plan. She's working with the Trump, you know, team to embarrass me. No, she's saying a you, scorned woman. She's saying <laughs> you had something to do with, you know, the breakup of my marriage. And I want mm-hmm. you to come testify to that. Um, so what do I think? What is the question again, Van? You threw me off. The okay, question so, is, uh, how much trouble is the case actually? Okay. Are we talking legally or politically? Because legally, not so much. Politically, completely different. I day. couldn't care less about the political yeah. ramifications of it. I, like, I don't care how it appears. I care what actually happens substantively to the case. Okay. So in order to remove a prosecutor from a case on the basis of a conflict of interest, there has to be some sort of a finding that the, po- the prosecutor's uh, conflicting loyalties uh, is going to be prejudicial to the defendant, which could result in a wrongful conviction. So for example, if a prosecutor dealt with a defense lawyer, on the same case, if law enforcement was dealing with a witness. So to put things in perspective, mm-hmm. if we were dealing with cases involving married attorneys on opposing sides of a case, right? So you and I are trying a case. Mm-hmm. We're married. Mm-hmm. You're a defense lawyer. I'm a prosecutor. Right. Okay. The Georgia Supreme Court has found that there is no conflict of interest. Interesting. Even though a marital relationship may be one of the most intimate relationships mm-hmm. of a person's life, it doesn't mean that professional people will allow that intimacy to interfere with their professional obligations. So the conflict would arise, you would think, between spouses on opposing sides sure. of the case. Yeah. 
more so than if you were on the same side of a case working toward the same outcome. So there's no reasonable argument to be made here in this case that non-married attorneys in a romantic relationship serving as prosecutors together on a case would create a conflict for a defendant. Can I have one follow-up? Yeah, go ahead. What about the fact that the other side of this is saying, okay, she paid him $654,000. The office did. The office did. Correct. Paid him $654,000 to be a prosecutor on this case. Mm -hmm. Then they went on trips together. Mm -hmm. Then he paid for those Mm -hmm. trips. Mm -hmm. Maybe with the money that Mm -hmm. she paid him. Maybe. And then that constitutes a kickback. So here's the thing. They've got to prove that before this money, this salary as a special prosecutor, he couldn't afford to take on a trip. Mm. Because he already has his own law firm. Because he's got his money. He's got, he's got, he got his, his own practice. He's got his own practice. He yeah. has his own law firm. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a that's a far reach. Now, the, the motion that was filed by one of uh, Trump's co-defendants, uh, Michael Roman, I think. Michael Roman is He's yeah. making that argument, right? I want them disqualified and kicked off this case and ultimately dismissed um, because there's a conflict of interest. He raised, at best, an ethical concern, a legitimate issue. But that's one that the prosecutor's office is going to have to handle. A legal one under Georgia law, this is not going to get uh, Fonnie Lewis and Nathan Wade. Fonnie Willis. Fonnie. What did I say? Fonnie Willis. Fonnie Willis. Fonnie Lewis. Fonnie, Fonnie Willis. Yeah. Damn, we're going to call it Fonnie. Um, <laughs> is not going to get them disqualified. Now, putting that aside, what should happen, what should happen in order to avoid any further debate of an appearance of impropriety is for Wade to step down. Because he's going to be an ongoing, unwelcome distraction. Now, she was elected. She's an elected official. She still has a continuing obligation to serve her constituents. And the show must go on. He needs to step down. You earned your little $650,000. Go home. Call it a day. Well, see, that's what I was going to say. Okay, should he step down? I was going to say, should she step down? No. Because if this goes in front of a jury, Mm -hmm. do you really believe, in your experience, obviously you can't speak to exactly what's going to happen, that they can separate what it looks like because like you broke it down so well mm-hmm. but juries don't know aren't informed well, here's the thing. That way. she is the da of the office but mm-hmm. she's appointed three special prosecutors one white guy one white woman and nathan wade a black mm-hmm. man the other two would be in court she, I, she may sit in the back but she's not the one that's going to be running the prosecution she's not going to be the one trying the case against donald trump so, but he would be sitting there. He's been in court during motion hearings. Mm-hmm. He's been in court for just, you know, random things um, concerning the case. So he, his face would be out there. He is leading the team. Um, she's the one that hired him, but he's the one leading the team. So, so he, he would be the public face and that is going to be a distraction. But does it call the entire office into question? And I think that's what people are looking at. Too. And that is going to be determined. So she's got to respond. Mm-hmm. to the motion that Roman uh, Roman's attorney filed by February 2nd. And then the judge is going to have a hearing on February 15th. Now, whether he finds, whether he finds uh, grounds for disqualification mm-hmm. um, or not, that trial that was scheduled for Trump to happen in August ain't going to happen. Mm-hmm. It's not going to happen. So it, 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 this is already causing a delay. Right. But if they, they do find that there is grounds for disqualification, then you're right. They're going to have to find a new prosecution team and find another DA in a different county to try this or find a private attorney in private practice mm-hmm. to be a special prosecutor. But at the end of the day, this alleged, <laughs> this alleged relationship really has nothing to do with 
whether Trump is guilty or innocent. It doesn't change the overwhelming evidence justifying the decision to, to, uh, uh, prosecute Trump. I mean, we all remember the infamous recorded phone call. Of course. You hear mm-hmm. Trump telling the Georgia Secretary of State, find 11,780 votes, the yeah. exact yeah. amount he needed to win that state. Um, it doesn't change the fact that there are already four co-defendants who've already pled guilty and agreed to flip yeah. on Trump. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You don't get flips unless you have solid evidence. So their relationship aside doesn't change the facts. Some right? of that work done by Nathan Wade, to be honest with you. I mean, people have tried to uh, make, they've, they've tried to talk about the fact that he maybe was incompetent, but well, when you read, I mean, look, when you, when you, did you, re- did you see, did you see the experience? No. Are, are you okay? Because I'm not trying to call into question anybody's, you know, experience. But he doesn't have Rico experience. And that's I mean, he just doesn't have out, experience, just but, out there. but it is a lofty title, but really no substantive, like, ex- experience. Yeah. So it does beg the question why did you hire this person? That, again, ethical concern. Well, I mean, I looked into it and there have been people who've talked about that, you know, his prowess, maybe not as a front facing prosecutor, but like in talking to people, they've, they've talked about the fact that he's got, he's, he's been able to pressure a lot of people Here's the thing. into flipping and he's kind of a bulldog and he's been doing a pretty decent job on the case. Well, the flip, flipping part, the evidence is solid. Right. Right. I'm not, I'm not claiming that it's a slam dunk. I'd never do that. But any contribution he is making to, to this prosecution is hard to tell because it may be happening behind closed doors. You're not seeing it full frontal. When, when they have briefs right. written, or mm-hmm. motions are being argued, he's not the one that's doing it. He's not authoring these briefs. He's not arguing these these motions in court. So I don't know what his contributions are. You just got to trust that Fani is is saying, no, he's he's experienced. He and, But here's also the other thing in favor for her. She tried to get two people prior to him to take the job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they said no. So that that's... That helps her, mm. right? It's not like I just went straight to my alleged lover. Mm-hmm. I, I tried to get two other people. They didn't want to touch this. Uh, how could she have done something like this? What do you mean? <laughs> Fine. What do you mean? How, how could she have done something like this in a case that's important? That, that's well, not your question. No, no, no. Well, I know, said, yeah, you answered the question. I answered the the qu- no, I answered the question in the beginning, but I answered the question. We know that that's the answer at the at the end of the day. But at the same time, Shouldn't she have known? Absolutely. That this was at the very least unethical, monumentally stupid, and put her entire reputation uh, into peril. Shouldn't she have known that? She should have. She she should have. She probably did, and maybe thought she can get away with it. Maybe no one's really looking that closely, which again is baffling. There have been been campaigns that have been trying to discredit her. You saw it happen in New York. he went after of who course, she could possibly yeah. be dating. That yeah. alone, I'd have been like, ah, he said I'm dating a gangbanger. He's probably, yeah, not going to touch this, right? I don't know. I don't know. It's just, um, and here's another thing. I, I was talking to someone else about this, and they were looking at the list of places that they allegedly went to. Mm-hmm. And they were like, it could have been a work-related you know, thing. But he was like, what got me is the cruises. You ain't doing no they damn work on a cruise. cruise on a boat. Yeah. <laughs> How many? No kids. <laughs> I saw Miami, Miami, San Francisco, Napa Valley. There were there were um, some uh, Caribbean cruises as well. So you know, man, he um, took her on a cruise. You ain't doing no work. He was not gonna bottom out that <laughs> shit, man. 
just on a boat for like a whole. I'm, just, I'm not touching that. I'm just I'm saying he was because like a cruise. Don't look at me like I'm a co-signer. A cruise is not even a nice vacation. It's like, no, don't, don't, do that. Is, don't, do, don't be stuck up. Well, wait, for some it's not can they nice be stuck up? Depending yes. on the destination, there are like right? luxury cruises, yeah. Yeah. Come some on, in man. the Mediterranean. Yo, Stop the, thinking of like, like not even a th- nice vacation. You're thinking of like from Galveston. That's to probably what they did. <laughs> they probably was having fun on casino night and all of this shit in the cruise. It's just, <laughs> but the cruise is just like a, that's just for them to be in a confined area just going ham on each other. Talking about All some right, briefs. so um, back to uh, the topic at hand. No, but here's the thing: we're going to see after this hearing whether Trump's team is going to join in on that that motion, right, and say, mm, "Hey, we're yeah. also going to be filing," because what they're trying to do is throw everything they got at these prosecutions that he's facing in order to, you know, delay, derail. Because what they want to do is ensure that he wins in November, so that he can be afforded the immunity. Uh, uh, from prosecution Certainly. that is afforded to the sitting president. So that, but not for now, this, not for not state, for this not for state yeah. but as many as he can, right? Uh, federally. So, uh, yeah. Nathan Wade's ex-wife, do you, Jocelyn is her name, Jocelyn, Jocelyn Wade. Do you think she's being used? Nah. She's so, so I think it's a far stretch to say, I'm going to be working with Trump allies in order to take her down. All she has to do is say, I think she wants to take her down mm-hmm. and she just happened to be prosecuting a former yeah. president, right? So it looks bad, but no, I, I, if, if what she's saying is true and there's some merit, I mean, that has a lot to do with her divorce pre- proceedings. I don't know if they have a prenup. I don't know if there's a clause about cheating and she's trying to prove that that, that is the case. I need you right. to come in and testify. It has absolutely no, I don't care what you do in court. I need you were involved in my marriage yeah. and I need you to come to court in order to testify to, to this whole thing and, and the silence is deafening she from hasn't Fani. from Fonnie now she's gonna wanna probably respond via motion but I think she's gonna be making more of a legal argument than really on the facts mm-hmm. I think she's gonna say nothing well, about whether it's true or not but say it doesn't even matter because legally this is what's important but and this is where like so you have that her case that she's doing and whether or not a judge is going to say later, I think you said February 15th, whether mm-hmm. or not they can continue in the mm-hmm. way that they have been. But then you have the divorce proceedings. So this morning, the judge just said oh. that she does not have to testify right now, yeah. but doesn't mean that she'll have to testify in the future or be deposed, I okay. should say, in the future. Mm-hmm. That would cause her to speak towards some of the personal issues. Do you think, so the judge is saying, we're going to wait for Mr. Wade to be deposed first okay. and then determine if Fonnie's going to be deposed as well. How much do you think that that could f- potentially impact the other case? Well, see, she already has receipts. Yeah, she does. So she stamps. has receipts. She has their names on tickets. <laughs> so it's like, you could come in here. I, I don't, maybe there were, you know, there was more that she wanted to, you know, probe. Um, but the receipts are there. And that's what Michael Roman, when he filed his motion, he had no receipts, mm-hmm. but he was saying, we want to get that divorce proceeding unsealed so we can get those receipts to support my claim here. Um, it's messy as hell. So and then the, Fonny the, should have known, known better. So then I guess in your estimation, the best outcome from the Trump wing of this is to muck this up enough. They don't. It's already mucked. It's mucked up. (laughs) To muck it up enough to where politically, she looks so bad that they have an axe to grind and they can spin that. What has he said about every case so far that he's been involved? Witch hunt. This is what he's gonna say about this. Yeah. And now there's actually some like there's legs there. I know. Right. 
Um, why was why would her fucking the lead prosecutor make this a witch hunt? But none of none of what Trump says actually makes sense, right? Right. But now the allegations that are that are out there could be true, right? Because he just makes up things, yeah. yeah. So now it just makes it seem like they're not lying all the time. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. <laughs> mm-hmm. Also plays into some tropes here. Yeah. Also plays into some it black does. lady tropes, yep. some black people tropes. It just makes the whole hypersexualized, makes the whole thing look a little untoward. Like, and by kind of calling it into question in that way, it just takes a little bit of the pristine nature that you would have needed, that you really wanted this to 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 be washed with politically off of it a little bit. And is that fair? No. But because we know that you have to work twice as hard, Correct. Then, I don't, I, then I don't understand why, and that's my question, do you think she should step down? Should she, because Wade, I get, we talked about that, but should she say, I need to remove myself from this case because I'm a distraction? It's already going to be delayed at this point. And if you have other qualified prosecutors in her office, I know that some left, came back when she was elected. You have the two other two special prosecutors that you said. Should she just say, I'm going to let this one go? No. I'm going to focus on YSL. No. She shouldn't worry about the political fallout. That's not Oof. her money, right? But she hasn't done anything illegal. I know. She's human. We all mess up. We all have lapses in judgment. This is one of them for her. Um, but she was fairly elected to the DA post. And so she needs to ride that out. I think election for her, re-election she is this year. What? She needs to... Uh, stop. <laughs> <laughs> but she ran her whole office what? on integrity. That's why we're here. She ran her whole office we're on here integrity. Because and, because even said, she was doing. and even said she wouldn't date anyone in her office. It just looks so wait, bad. Wait, wait, wait. She disappointed. That? Wait, this is the first time. Rachel, this is the first time in the history of the podcast that Rachel's ever been disappointed. Don't say it's like, This is the first Stop. time Rachel has ever been disappointed in a black woman. I cannot believe this is happening. You funny, feed the trolls. You funny, are such a troll. Funny, <laughs> broke, higher learning. Just like, <laughs> that but is... I'm serious. She really should step aside. I, I get it. It's not anything. And, and yes, if she steps aside, people will say, oh, she must have done something that was illegal. But you ran on this platform. You said flat out you didn't believe in dating someone in your office. He's you, not. But you brought him in. He's in private You brought practice. him in. You brought him in. And it, when she made that statement, they allegedly were already fucking around. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's just like, funny. you gotta, you gotta, it's not just, she's done a lot. She has an amazing history and what she's been able to do with cases I, I and, and using with the law. I don't even agree with her prosecutorial style. I, I, her, oh, with the Rico? I, I, don't, Rico that way? I don't. Well, just in her outlook in, in prosecuting folks uh, mm-hmm. is a little more conservative than, than my t- my like. Um, but uh, that's a whole nother separate conversation. But I, I just, I'm looking at it from, it's easy to say, okay, this was the biggest fuck up. You, you you know, what else are you fucking up with in the office, right? That's Your true. judgment, we can't necessarily trust. But just looking at it from this one isolated case, she really didn't do anything other than something ethically questionable. And within the legal framework, she didn't do anything wrong. She She was involved with someone. Now, the married part, I'm not here to judge, but she was involved with somebody. So that's, that's, that's her mistake. And it could be argued that Wade is actually qualified. Some would say no. So that's sort of subjective too, right? Mm-hmm. So we can't necessarily say the appointment was 
all that wrong based on qualification. I just think it was stupid as hell. It was. It was, it was. so dumb. Yeah. We are watched always. Um, and at, at, right now we're being questioned in terms of whether we're good enough to do our jobs alone, right? right. Like, so I, I just think that when you're dealing with someone like Trump who has no problem going to the media and lying about you, I don't understand why you would give him a morsel of truth to run on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And stuff. Mm-hmm. It's hard. So Wade, I think, <laughs> is in a, in a, is in a position that's easier because he's not a prosecutor. Mm-hmm. He was appointed. He has a practice outside of the office. You can go back to that. He You've will. made your money. And that's it. And she just needs to like let the other two handle the yeah. prosecution. Um, which by the way, one of them is a Rico expert and the other one has been a prosecutor for two decades prosecuting really high level felonies. So it's in good hands. And Wade has doing traffic. But I'm saying in comparison to He wasn't doing traffic. He was doing traffic. He was doing traffic. He was. But he also was like an associate municipal judge and like I was a municipal judge. He was a municipal judge. I know so what? He tried to get to another court and he kept losing. I think he ran like four times and he kept losing. He has a on turned to Fani and said, you know what? Can you help a brother out? Because guess what? This is his white horse. This was the case of a lifetime this would have catapulted him right damn and so he lost four different elections why maybe based on experience or lack thereof it's true i'm back to being Uh, a black man hot bench when can they watch it oh my god every day weekdays on cbs weekdays on cbs comes in yes well give me a case from hot bench that you liked that you remember give me something oh my god they're nuts give me a morsel we need a morsel oh this is funny so I, you and I are on a bowling team mm-hmm. and I overhear you talk about how you broke up with your boyfriend and you're now homeless. You have yeah. nowhere to live. I have a trailer. You could crash on my couch. N- nothing romantic. I'm not trying to hit on you or anything. Yeah, yeah. And you go, cool, cool, cool. So she moves all her stuff and she's like, I'm going to move some of it um, in your trailer, but not so much. Mm-hmm. And then some of it I'm going to store on the outside of the trailer. Right. And then, you know, two weeks go by, three weeks. Okay, it's a little cramped. She finds a place. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I'm going to move. And I'm going to surprise him as a thank you. She's get all my stuff out while he's at work. And I'm going to, you know, surprise him. He's, I'm going to give him a space back. She thinks it's easier instead of hiring movers and getting all her stuff into a truck. Well, it's a, it's a trailer. Mm-hmm. It moves. Right? <laughs> so my stuff is already in there. I can just put whatever remaining stuff on the outside, inside, like inside the trailer and, and it's already ready to go. So she's driving this trailer and doesn't realize that it becomes unhooked. Oh, there was, there was something wrong. It was supposed to not actually be drivable. Mm-hmm. Um, and crashes this man's house. Broke his house. Into a tree. And guess who's suing who? Who? She's suing him. <laughs> oh, I love hot bitch. <laughs> I love hot bitch because that was that was because the goddamn he twist. Known that that could happen, and that she would want to. Yeah, it's his fault. I love it. Hot bitch. I'm representing her. Hot bitch. <laughs> Thank you for joining us and making sense of all of this stuff going on down Thank there. Thank you for Atlanta. having me. Thank you so yes. much. This episode is brought to you by Shea Moisture. We finally got some deodorants designed specifically for people with rich melanin skin from Shea Moisture, and they're amazing. Made with Shea butter. Black dermatologists approved. These deodorants give you and your skin the care that it needs. Now, here's the thing, Rachel. Okay. The deodorants came to the house. Yes, me too. You got yours. I got them. Kalika picked one up mm-hmm. specifically. 
And I was like, oh, why are you picking that one up? And she said, because it says it's even underarm tone. Mm-hmm. And she goes like, sometimes when you use the other deodorants, they leave like your underarms untoned or something like that. And she was so excited to have it. She went back and she started using it right there, which made me wonder if she had put deodorant on for the day. <laughs> Maybe she just reapplied. Maybe she, but, but like, so that's a, it's a huge deal. And I've been using it too. It's very great. It's good. It smells good. Oh, yeah. Day. No, no, no. It is good. And it's last long. Like mm. I'm a sweater. Mm-hmm. So I need something strong. Mm. And I need, in addition to, I like that it evens out the underarm. I like the moisture and all of that, but it's the, I need it to last long. And this lasts for, it's a 48 hour sweat and odor protection, which is key. Wow. Uh, get the protection your skin deserves. Tap the banner to learn more or visit SheaMoisture.com. This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. You could be doing anything this week, right? You've got work, errands, friends, and a whole lot of fun in between. That's why the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the capable SUV that's built for your life. With premium interiors, available wireless charging, and room for your whole cargo and crew. Okay, Hyundai. Visit HyundaiUSA.com to learn more about the all-new 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Uh, okay, um, so let me tell you, before we move on, this is what I think here. Um, I mean, most people that I've seen talk about this on various shows, have echoed her sentiments. Right. Basically said that there's not much that'll happen in terms of the actual substance of the case against Donald Trump. However, this is just another cudgel that'll be used by MAGA World to reduce Fonnie, Willi- uh, Fonnie Willis, should I say, to minimize her mm-hmm. as a professional and as a prosecutor and uh, to just like I said, muck everything up and make it look like something other than it is, which is a lawful prosecution against someone with a shit ton of evidence of their impropriety, uh, impropriety, should I say, and illegality. So it's just, it's it's more than anything, it's sad. And I am disappointed in D.A. Willis uh, for such an important case, such an important case to be mucked up in this way. Uh, I think she deserves, I think she owed us better. I'm sad too. And I'm also sad that this is going to be a stain on her reputation from here on out. And I'm not trying to discredit anything that she's done, did, continues to do. But the fact we're always going to remember the personal side of it, the messy mm. side of it. Yeah. yeah. So and you're saying that Nathan Wade left a stain on Fonnie Willis. That's tough. All right. Um, so, <laughs> should we want a happy news? Uh, you want a happy news? What, what do you want to like happy news? Your what boy you... got engaged. Who? Senator Tim Scott. Oh! <laughs> did you send him a gift? Congratulations, I did see this. are in order. Congratulations to Senator Tim Scott. He got engaged to what's her name? What's her name again? Christy? What's her name? What was her name? Julie? Julie, what was, what was, ter- uh, I think ter- it's Mindy. Hold on. Mindy. Is Mindy. 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 They got engaged and he endorsed Donald Trump. A lot of movement over there with the Republicans. A lot of stuff. You got a Tim Scott endorsement for Donald Trump. Yeah. And you didn't just get an endorsement. Can we play it? Play it. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't just get an endorsement. Donnie, run Scott. Tim Scott. Endorsing Scott, Donald run Trump. Run Tim Scott King Jr. Because yeah. that's what he was trying to sound like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hello, New Hampshire! Oh, yeah! 
is this Donald Trump country? Oh, yeah. I can't hear you. I can't hear you. We haven't gotten to You didn't get to my favorite part. What's your favorite part? Where he's like, and like my mama. And, and like my mama. <laughs> Donald Trump is even embarrassed by that. When you see Donald Trump saying that, like, Donald Trump is like, yo, I, I expected an endorsement. I didn't know this nigga was going to eat my whole ass right here in front of everybody. <laughs> Donald Trump, he, he actually made Donald Trump, and Donald Trump is like, all right, Tim. That's enough. <laughs> like, that's a, that's a, Tim, they you to go to that song. Tim Scott had more enthusiasm for his, for Donald Trump's campaign than he did his own. It's he's, so sad. He's he, angling for a VP situation. That's, he did more than angle. Like you said, well, he did all of that. He, I mean, he had shined his shoes. He was tap dancing like crazy. His voice was different. He really thought he was giving his version of an I dr- have a dream speech. Yeah, it was a big moment for, for, moment for Tim Scott because I think that, and look, we, we should also say that it was a, very significant moment in South Carolina politics because mm-hmm, remember that mm-hmm. Nikki Haley is the right. governor that appointed Tim Scott right. to his uh, his Senate seat before he then ran and um, achieved a, 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 an election of that Senate seat. So he broke with her mm-hmm. with a longtime friend with someone that was from his state to go over to MAGA world. I guess the question is, why would you do that? Well, one is because he's hitching his wagon to who he thinks is going to be the next president, I mean, surely Donald Trump is going to be the nominee, but he thinks Donald Trump is going to be the next president. Either he wants none of these people that are involved Mm -hmm. in all of this see this as the end of their career in national politics. Sure. Ron DeSantis dropped out. I don't think he sees that as the end of his career in national politics. That's why he's going to move back towards MAGA world to either set up for 2028 or down the road, right? These people still uh, are putting their personal political careers over relationships like one might have with Nikki Haley, if you're Tim Scott, over actual real animus mm-hmm. that Ron DeSantis might have with Donald Trump mm-hmm. um, and really over anything else. Like they have to, they have no choice. Trump's hold on the GOP is so strong that if you want any type of future in the GOP, at least right now, you have to bend the knee. You have to kiss the ring. You have to shine the shoes. You have to do all of that stuff. And Tim shined the fuck out of the motherfuckers. And so did DeSantis. Everybody else will too. DeSantis didn't didn't endorse him as badly no, or, DeSantis, and, and with as much enthusiasm right. as Tim Scott. He basically said, I took a vow and promised that whoever is elected in the primary, I will put my you know, vote behind. And mm-hmm. that's going to be Trump for the Republicans. So that's who he's going to vote for. And that's all he simply said. He's going to go back to Florida, like you said, and and stay where he's safe because him trying to, you know, run on a campaign of, uh, of uh, running the country like Florida, people did not like and did not like him. He needs to go back and like do a whole revamp. Yeah, I think he probably thinks that he has a career in national politics. He doesn't. And I'm not so sure if he has a career being the governor of Florida now. Mm. Uh, I don't know who they would run. I say they run Dwayne Wade. I don't know. I don't know who they run. I'm serious, man. I think they should run Dwayne Wade. Fuck it. It's all <laughs> a bunch of, it's all a bunch of bullshit anyway. Just run a guy who you think could win. Run Wade. Number three for Florida. Just run Wade, man. Just run him. Run Dwayne Wade. I'm not even joking. Like, does run, he have an interest in politics? Yeah. Run well, he du- does? Yeah. Run Dwayne Wade for governor of Florida. Run him. Fuck it. Why not? Why not? Just run somebody that can... Because think about this. And shout out to Reason Choice Media 
and um, Andrew Gillum, T- Tiffany Cross, and Angela Rye, who are over there doing the Native Land podcast. Think about how different everything would be right now had Andrew Gillum been elected governor of Florida. Now, the brother had some trouble after that. So, some. Yeah, he had some trouble. Okay. Okay. Just- Shit happens. So you, you know what I mean? Fonny Willis, as you get, shit happens. Brother has some trouble out there, so we don't know what would have happened uh, if that same thing would have went on. But nationally, politics are in a much, much different place sure. if, if that would have happened. So if you can rustle Florida away from Ron DeSantis, who is certainly weakened, certainly weakened as a political figure right now, I think he's vulnerable. Now's the time to really put up some strong opposition down there to go get him. And I'm saying Dwayne Wade, I don't know who they would run, but fuck it. I mean, no one's serious anyway, so run the fucking basketball player. He's well, beloved. Apparently there's two. Donnie just said an article. Okay. It's not just uh, Dwayne Wade. They're also looking at Grant Hill. Okay. I just want to, I, I want, Grant Hill has to make it to the end of the, the campaign now. Injury prone. I know what you were referring to. I was just to. saying, like, he, you never know. <laughs> and that is not, I, I fuck with no Grant Hill. I fuck with Grant Hill. I'm joking. I, I love you, Grant. I fuck with Grant Hill, but you don't need this nigga to, like, pop an Achilles on the campaign trail. Do not put, give him some crutches and keep it moving. Yeah. Yeah. He'd be fine. Grant Hill. Grant Hill would be, look, and by the way, people are going to listen to this and they're going to be like, we don't need that. We don't need people from outside the political sphere to come into politics. And guess what? You're right. There is some public servant in Florida, some person somewhere. I don't know who this is. Mm-hmm. It's not Mayor Suarez, who I despise. There's some public servant somewhere in Florida who would do a fantastic job as the governor of Florida, True. who should be teed up to be the governor of Florida. Maybe I'll go look and try to find out who that person is. Things are so wacky right now that the only thing I'm talking about is who could beat a wounded DeSantis. And if you have to run Grant Hill, if you have to run Dwayne Wade, if you have to fucking run one of these people, fucking run them. If you have to run Ross, who I think lives in Atlanta now, but from down. If you have to run Flo Rida. <laughs> no, no, no. I like, I like Dwayne Wade. Mm. Let's just stick with him. Out of Dwayne Wade and Grant Hill, if they're going to run, who would you vote for? Probably Dwayne Wade, just because I feel like I know a little bit more. Dwayne Wade would be the popular choice. I bet Grant would be a better governor, though. Well, maybe we'll see. Maybe we'll see. Doesn't maybe really we'll impact see. us Sad. because we're not there, but, you know. I will say this, though. fun to watch. So I looked at all of this and the way all of this stuff, sh- stuff shook out. I know everybody's scared. You mean with Trump? With Trump. Are you afraid of, of another Donald Trump term? We should ask this question. Absolutely. The, and, and, and not because people are dropping out. Like you said, there's been a lot of activity on the Republican side. It's not because people are dropping out. It's not because people are endorsing him. It's not because there's been a fallout with some of his, uh, we've muddied the waters with some of his cases. It's on the, the liberals are disenchanted. And I was just having a conversation in my group chat. And like one of my girlfriends was like, her man is voting for Trump flat out. And there was a whole, they're black. Okay. What's the smile? What? What, man? What's the smile for? I'm just saying. It's no, funny. No. It's like, Why is it funny? So you have a group chat with Trump supporters. <laughs> I can't stand you. <laughs> You're really on your troll today. <laughs> um, no, I don't. Okay. But she was talking about it and she was just saying, explaining why he 
wants to vote for Trump. Mm. And so I, the more I talked to people, I was with someone the other night and they were like, you know, Trump and they were black and they were like, you know, Trump's going to win. Right. As if, and I was afraid to even ask if they were going to vote for Trump because I just didn't want to want the conversation to turn in that way. That's why I feel like Trump may win. Mm. It's pulling from the other side and then just other people just not even caring to vote. What scares you most about another Trump term? You asked me this mm-hmm. before. I mean, I just think he gives a voice to hatred hmm. and he's only looking out for himself, his money and how everything falls out after that is just how it will be. Also, the fact that he wants to be a dictator and the way he wants to run this country. Hmm. All of that is scary. I think it's going to affect us outside of our own country. We're going to have this civil war within the country. It's just going to be the. I mean, we're already I feel like in our downfall, it's only going to just put the nail in the coffin. I am going to comfort you right now. Donald Trump is not going to win. Please tell me. Talk to me. He's not. This wave of calm came over me. Okay. Like yesterday. Yesterday, Kalik and I had like a clean day. You know, Um, I'm doing all of this. You cleaned? Clean all the time. Don't do it. <laughs> I'm just asking. I clean all the time. I don't time. know if you had like a clean eating day. Um, maybe you were cleansing in some other sort of way. I clean all the time. Yeah. I what's your? Ch- what were you cleaning? What was your chore? What's? What do you do? Well, I cleaned out my office. That oh, day. so selfish. No, I clean all the time. I'll come in there. I'll clean the dishes. I'll wipe the kitchen down. I clean all the time now. It's very important to know this about me that I clean all the time. I'm not, I didn't used to, but I've been broken. And so now I'm like a, I'm like an old nag. I'm like an old dependable nag. I get up in the morning (laughs) and I go in there and I clean up the dishes. Then I shuffle off to the gym, the work, come back, clean again. I clean all the time. I clean, not a lot, but I clean when it's there to be cleaned. Um, Okay. Cleaning, I thought about this. Trump is actually doing to everybody that cares about party politics, which I don't anymore. I don't care about party politics. Okay. I look at politicians basically like prostitutes. Okay. Makes right? sense. You should not like them too much. You know, you should judge them based upon what it is they do and how well they do the job. They get you there. You go back, go back, go back, go back. But the minute you start, you fall in love, it's too much. You want to maintain that. You don't want to fall in love with your politicians. And I see a lot of black people out there. Black people, more than any group, falls in love with their politicians. Why do you think that is? I know why it is. I think it's because of this. Black people fall in love with with what they think isn't trying to kill them. Hmm. So if you have a politician that's out there and you have a group or any group out out there, it's not so much about what they're trying to do for you. Black people tend to love what they feel confident isn't trying to kill them because everything in America seems so pernicious. Mm -hmm. Everything seems so. So when you're asking them, well, why do you love the Democrats so much? It's because the Democrats gave us a place to live. The Democrats, even though they don't pay any attention to us, even though it doesn't seem like they're working on our behalf, 
They gave us shelter. They gave us a place to live. They're not trying to kill us. Yeah. They're ignoring us. They're taking us for granted. It's a bad relationship, but at least it's not a relationship. I guess we, we could argue the merits of that, whether or not that's true, mm-hmm. right? We could argue the crime bill. We could argue all kinds of other initiatives and things that Democrats have been a part of, policies that Democrats have been a part of that have had negative effects on the black community. And I think there would be no shortage of them. However, with the way their narrative towards black people is, come on in, you're safe here. Come on in, you're safe here. And black people will always drift towards safety in a country, perceived safety in a country that's made them feel so unsafe. So that's Mm. the reason why, in my opinion. Um, As it relates to Trump right now, Trump is neutering the Republican Party. He's neutering them. He's making all of these people, he's uh, unearthing all of their deepest flaws. Tim Scott looks like a feckless weakling after a run through this whole thing. Mike Pence looks totally unserious. Ron DeSantis, who was actually a strong political figure prior to him running for a president has been decimated by this experience. Now mm-hmm. look, people don't remember. Maybe he'll be fine, right? He will. Nikki Haley is about to be beat to a pulp for the next six, eight, 12 weeks or however long she stays in. All of that will happen and Donald Trump will still lose in the fall. And then the Republicans will be scrambling if you care about party politics. The Republicans, the right, will be scrambling for someone new to take hold, right? For someone new to run. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the people that they have put a lot of faith into will really have been beat about the head by this one guy. I don't think he wins in November. I really don't think that Donald Trump will win. I don't. But I I I think there's a silver lining in how he's cannibalized the rest of his party. Only when he's running. Mm-hmm. I do think the reason I said you said, oh, maybe DeSantis will be okay. He will be. In comparison to Trump, this is how they all look. When Trump's out and they have the opportunity to have their own platforms free of Trump, the way that he has beaten them down to the perception that we all have of them, I think that once he's gone, that goes away. The, a new leader will rise because they'll need to rally around someone. Mm-hmm. They'll forget the thing. Tim Scott's never going to go anywhere in the Republican Party past where he is unless he joins the cabinet or something like that. He's mm-hmm. not going to be president. Maybe he'll be. You think he'll be VP? Uh, it's interesting. It's between him, him J.D. Vance. I saw that. Uh, J.D. Vance is not going to be the VP. I, yeah, maybe. And uh, uh, him? A, re- a representative of New York, I saw. Um, st- st- at least Stefani. Yeah. She was the lady from Capitol Hill who who got Claudine Gay and the UPenn president mm. fire, Lisa Stefanik. So Lisa Stefanik, mm. some people still think Nikki Haley. Um, my, I just, it, things are getting so bad. I, then there is a governor from North Dakota, South Dakota, someplace, a female, a lady governor that they were talking about. Uh, Tim well, Scott is, is one of the leaders in the clubhouse for the that. The four years is a long time to forget what happened and to have a totally different interpretation or opinion on the person who's going to run the political or the Republican party in the future. Mm. Four years is a long time. Mm. It could be somebody we haven't even named yet. The Republicans are, uh, they're really into 
their new constituency. You see this? Who? Matt Gates was talking about some of the uh. new people that are joining the Republican <laughs> Party. Donnie, Matt Gates said this on OANN or Newsmax or one of these channels. Donnie, run what he what what what, what uh, Matt Gates had to say. And I met with a lot of those folks. This is the blue collar realignment of the Republican Party. And what I could tell you is like for every Karen we lose, there's a there's a Julio and a Jamal ready to sign up for the MAGA movement. And that abodes well for our ability to be more diverse. Julio's and Jamal's. You didn't laugh when you heard that. It's you like that. You like so Julio and Jamal. Funny. You like it. He said it. He didn't stutter, stammer in any way. He was, re- he had this one geared up, ready to go. And then he, and he didn't even like stop and smile or laugh when he said it. He just, I thought this was funny. I'm sorry. Black and Latino sorry. men, the GOP is welcoming you into the tent. And also making a joke out of you. Yeah, making a joke out of you, of course. But hopefully that they recognize that as well. Mm. You know, do you want to go be a Jamal in the Republican Party or a Julio? Do you think that Democrats see, <laughs> you like that? <laughs> it's funny to you. It's and funny. They should. It's gonna be niggas out there to make shirts. I'm a Jamal. I I'm guarantee a Jamal. you. Oh, of course. There's gonna be niggas out there to make shirts. Like I'm a Jamal. I'm a Julio. Julio and Jamal. They're gonna lean into it. I will say this though. I I looked a little bit at this phenomenon of uh black men, black men and Latino men teaming up with the GOP. Mm-hmm. It's racialized, right? Mm-hmm. Because when we're talking about voting blocks, we tend to racialize these voting blocks. But there's something else that's going on as well that I think is actually almost more fascinating. The GOP in the last, excuse me, the Democrats in the last eight to 10 years have widened or uh, widened their appeal with white college-educated people. Okay. They got a pretty good hold on white college-educated people. Mm-hmm. Whereas the GOP is increasingly becoming viable with non-college-educated voters. And something that we're not paying attention to is that black men are increasingly not going to college. Mm. So the amount of non college-educated black men are running parallel with the GOP's appeal to non-college-educated voters. And I saw a lot of stuff. There's some stuff on Vox. There's some stuff some other places. Newsweek had a good article on it. I haven't thought about it in a way. We're racializing this, but we're we're looking at how, we're not looking at, at least I haven't spoken about it. I'm sure somebody has that's smarter than me on this particular podcast about how black women are increasingly becoming more college educated, Mm -hmm. which is making them more likely to be liberal, not just politically, but also socially, Mm -hmm. right? Black men are in comparison becoming a little less college educated. And I'm not saying that they're becoming less smart overall. I'm not saying that they're becoming less useful because they're picking up trades out of high school Brothers are barbering, plumbing, doing all of this stuff. They're looking at other ways other than that to move ahead in America. I mean, there's a lot of cultural reasons why that is too, right? You have uh, prevalent voices, cultural voices that are saying, hey, man, 
college is not necessarily the way right. you need to go. You need to get out. You need to own your own business. You need to do this. And a lot of people are endeavoring, endeavoring into entrepreneurship and doing different things coming out than just going straight to college. And with Trump in office, a lot of them saw tax breaks for these small businesses. They saw tax breaks for these small businesses and they for said things that they were trying doing, to do. And they said that under Biden, they haven't receive the same amount. They haven't seen the same thing. So that's a lot of of it. According to Newsweek from, and before anybody jumps on me and says I'm pulling this out of my ass, according to Newsweek from 2019 to 2021, male undergraduate enrollment dropped by 10.2% in black men according to the National Student Clearinghouse uh, compared to 7.8% among women. So black men outplacing women, out black women um, and and not going. Uh, Oh, excuse me. I'm sorry. That's the wrong stat. Actually, among black men, <laughs> enrollment fell by 14.8%. Hmm. That was the regular number. 14.8% overall. 23.5% among those that were enrolled in two-year schools. So the community colleges and the associate degree people, they were just 25 basically percent less black men enrolling. 14.8% overall. So you're seeing less brothers go to college. Mm-hmm. Because you're seeing less brothers go to college, you're seeing people that are already uh, socially conservative, if we're being honest, socially conservative, not really feel that much of a kinship with the Democrats. We could have a whole hour and a half podcast about why people that go to college uh, that are college educated are more liberal. Mm-hmm. I mean, we could talk about that and we probably should at one point. But I think, you know, we racialize this and it's important to look at it through a racial lens, but it's also important to look at it through trends that are happening in society writ large, because when you do it that way, it allows you to be more targeted in who you need to serve in order to get those people back and what it is that you need to do. If we just like wash our hands and say, hey, black men aren't voting for uh, for liberal candidates anymore. And what does that mean for America? I think. There's a tad bit of laziness that's going into this now as we have this conversation every two to four years. The conversation needs to be had about, okay, what's actually going on? What are some of the things? It's not just that, but that's just one of the things. What are the things surrounding that? And like, and you know, how do you remedy it if if it's something that needs to be remedied? What do you think? No, I mean, I think that you're absolutely right. And I think that you need, I, that statistic is, I don't know if it's alarming to me, but it's definitely shocking. I wouldn't, if you had said it, I'm glad you actually quoted it. Because if you said it, I'd be like, did he get those numbers right? The fact that that's the case and that, that they're moving more towards the other party, I think that you're right in the assessment of, we can't just say it. We have to understand why this is happening so that you can bring them back and we can speak directly to them. We talk a lot about, uh, we talk a lot on this podcast about, oh my God, I just lost my whole train of thought. We talk a lot about this podcast about. I just lost my whole train of thought. Pork chops. <laughs> Don't do that. Pork. I'm going to. Stop, 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 stop. We talk a lot about, Ham. oh, we, we talk a lot of on this podcast about just how disenchanted voters are. Right. But so it's important to know who those disenchanted voters are and why they're disenchanted. And a statistic like that speaks to it. So it's important for the Democratic Party to understand that so they can figure out how to remedy it and bring and, them back to it. And by the Ooh, way, pork chop. You brought me back. Yeah, the poor shot was like <laughs> smelling salt, Steve. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Whoa. <laughs> Rachel just got like big joke right there. Like, 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 whoa. But no, seriously, it's not just about getting them back for political reasons. It's about 
figuring out if they're being underserved. Like you said that they're trying to start businesses and they're trying to do all of this right. other stuff. So if, if there are inroads to be made there, then you need to kind of like figure that out. Mm-hmm. This episode is brought to you by UGG. Y'all know UGG is a brand that athletes wear all the time in the tunnel and on travel days. Well, I bet you think UGG season is only during the colder months of the year. Oh, contraire. You're wrong. You need to check out the latest spring drop from UGG. They have everything from sandals to clogs. I like the sandals. UGG has you covered for your next spring adventure. Shop the Golden Collection at UGG.com. This episode is brought to you by Empower. You got money questions like, can I retire early? What are my best savings options? Can I afford to pay for my kid's education? Luckily, Empower has all the answers. With Empower's real-time dashboard and real live conversations, you get clarity on your real-life financial goals. So join 18 million Americans and Empower What's Next. Start today at Empower.com. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Sponsored by Empower, not an endorsement or a statement of satisfaction by a client. Black rap shit got canceled. Did you see this? I'm so upset by this. Mm. I was an avid rap shit watcher. You like it. I, I got into it because I did an interview with them and I watched it. I got a screener before and I was like, this is really good. And I just love the actors. I love the storylines. I love that it was loosely based off the city girls. I love that they were speaking to black about black women in the South and black women rappers and how they have to come up through this industry. They kind of called out the music industry and the way that they analyze black women as rappers. I just loved seeing all of it. There were so many different moving parts. They were struggling artists. It gets into all of that. This was so good. And the way it ended, it's like, well, what happened? There's like five different things that were happening and now we'll never know what happened. And it's a lot of people watch the show. I don't know the exact numbers, but I was shocked by this, especially because HBO seems to be a big fan of Issa Rae. And this is an Issa Rae show. So I'm just shocked that, and do we have that much content coming out to where you needed to cancel this show? Well, Studios only keep shows for one or two reasons. And that is? Either a show is making money Mm -hmm. or the show is creating prestige. Mm. So if you have a show and a lot of people are watching the show. Right. Show's making you money. You keep the show on the air, obviously. Doesn't matter how good the show is or how bad the show is. Show could be terrible. But if people are watching it for whatever reason, you keep the show on because the show is making money. Now, if the show is a little bit of a better show and people aren't watching it. However, that show gets you nominations at the Emmys, Golden Globes, all of that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. Then you might keep that show around a little while because those things are valuable. You can say, hey, we are HBO Max or hey, we're Amazon and we won four Emmys. We won four Golden Globes, four Critics' Choice Awards. That's valuable. But if a show is not either, your show is going to get kicked so off. So the show is not making money. That's what you're I don't know. I like. I tried to look at the ratings, and it was hard to find it. But I don't know. I don't know. So I'm not. I'm not sure. But I do know that this led a lot of people to to talk about a specific subject in this white, and it was uh, black shows getting canceled. Right. And I looked. Love Life. This is just in 2023 and 2024 so far. Love Life, Grownish, Z Way, The Gossip Girl reboot, which was. That's not black. black it was a lot of blacks, a lot of black people in the show. Okay. Everything's trash. 61st Street, 
legendary. Southside, which I love. Yeah. Damascus, written by with an incredibly, incredibly talented showrunner. That show was very good. The Black A Black Lady Sketch Show, Sweet Life LA, Rap Shit, Winning Time, which had a black lead and a lot of black people in it. A lot of people are wondering. I don't consider that a black show, but yes. Why but- all of these black shows are getting canceled. Are you comparing that to, and I'm not trying to play devil's advocate, but are there just a lot of shows at HBO Max that, or Max as it's called now, that got canceled? Hmm. This is the question. And this is why some people get mad at me when I say this, but you should have violent cultural support for black entities. It's the only way for them to survive. Hmm. Violent cultural support. I mean, you gotta watch. You have to watch. You have to watch. You gotta watch. You gotta watch. You gotta watch the shows. You gotta go to the movies. You have to watch if you care because the streaming crunch is upon us. Yeah. Okay. Half those shows you name, I never even heard of. So what's that? Well, I mean, uh, that that has to do with I I wanna, I wanna, I want to. You can't support if you've never even heard of the show. So you've never heard of the show. Some of those shows you named, I never heard of. Hmm. So I want to, I want to let people know something real quick. Okay. The streaming crunch is upon us. And let me tell you what I mean by that is that the streamers overall are in trouble. A lot of the shows that we're talking about only exist because of streaming. Okay. We talked about for a long time that was difficult to get black shows on both uh, network and sometimes on cable, right? Because they would say audiences weren't there for black shows, outside shows like Blackish and stuff like that. You never had too many of them on at the same time. What streaming was able to do is it was able to find content or direct content at more niche audiences, right? Because there's so much stuff, so many hours to be, taken up on a streamer, you find someone, if they can take up a little bitty portion of what you need uh, in terms to get, make the money back on the show, it's worth it to put it out there. So you're going to have more diverse shows, the more shows that come in out because you're trying to, you're trying to thread the needle into what people want to see. Do you want to see a black witchcraft show? Do you want to see a black sci-fi show? Do you want to see uh, a black show like Survival of the Thickest? With mm-hmm. a, great, a, great a show. fucking fantastic show with a, a, an amazingly talented cast, but with people who maybe years ago, maybe not wouldn't have gotten their own shows mm-hmm. with everything that's going on out there. Is there a market for a show like that? Right now, when the streamers start failing, those shows will go first. And the streamers, my friends, are starting to fail. Hmm. So I'm looking at it right now. The streamers right now are making up 35.9% of the overall market share of watching stuff. But it's unbalanced. Like when you look at this right here, HBO Max or Max itself, 1.2% of that, of that 35%, 1.2%. They cannot compete with your YouTubes, uh, your Hulus, um, your Netflix is, which net, is really a battle between YouTube and Netflix. It's weird that YouTube is even considered a streamer because, I know, I was but it is, it's a streaming video platform. So when things 
are that small for a network. Mm-hmm. When the amount that they're getting back in, when their viewership is that small, there's going to be a crunch. And black shows are going to be treated just like black people in a horror movie. They're going to die first. So if you want these shows to succeed, if you want, you have got to watch them. And I see a lot of people that are talking about, oh my God, why does my, my show go away? Why did my stuff go away? And I see this all the time. People talked about how important the color purple was. Yo, the color purple flopped. Y'all did not go see the color purple. Did it really? Yes, it did. The color purple flopped. Y'all didn't go see the color and purple. it was so good. Y'all. And, 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 the, the re- and, you know, we're talking about how much Taraji should be making and all of that stuff. And obviously, Charlamagne said this on The Breakfast Club, but it's facts, right? It's like, you, we're talking about how much the movie should be making and everybody is so upset about that. And it's something to be upset about. But then when you look at the movie that she came out and you also have to wonder if all of what she did kind of maybe undercut the color purple's rollout a little bit. I don't think so. You don't? No, I don't. You don't think it's a, you don't think it's at least a possibility. Why would that just because she talked about the fact so people are gonna boycott the movie now because she talked about that the the circumstances were subpar? Not boycott, but if she made it look like the movie didn't treat her right. She made it look like Oprah didn't treat her right. Nah, man. She made it... I'm just being for real. She made it look but like that the movie didn't treat her right. That didn't deter me from wanting, to, from wanting to see it. I mean, just... To me, I looked at them as two separate issues. I looked at it as, oh, Taraji's really speaking out on behalf of other Black actors and requiring people who are like, a, like an Oprah who have authority over a Black set to do better. That's how I looked at it. It had no bearing on whether or not this was a fantastic movie i don't know why maybe because it was christmas i don't know why people didn't go see the movie well the movie maybe because it was a musical the musicals don't typically do as well the budget was between 90 and 100 million dollars it's made oh, really? 60 it's made 60 million up to this point so it's not like when i say it's not like nobody went to see the color purple 60 million dollars is but revenue to budget the movie flopped mm-hmm. you know what i mean mm-hmm. i mean and that's not I, I hate to use such a harsh term when we're talking about it but it just seemed like the cultural uproar about how she was treated and about how black actresses are treated were, were louder. It was louder than people actually going out to support the movie. And so when I see all, when I see everybody talking about, man, this didn't make this much money, this didn't make this much money, man, you have to be an advocate for what you love. You have to be, you have to fucking go out there and evangelize the shows that you love and put them out there. And if, if, if it really matters to you. Well, but here, again, you name shows that I had never even heard of. And I'm someone who, no, but I'm someone who works. No, no, no. I'm someone who worked in the media. The reason rap shit got on my radar is because we were doing a junket for it. So a lot of these shows come through winning time. I had the winning time junket. I'm familiar with them because they come across my table. Some of these shows I had, they weren't even on our junket list. I never even heard of them. So that goes back to the studios and the networks not properly promoting these shows for us to even be aware that we need to watch or support them. I also don't subscribe to the narrative of we, uh, the fact that well, I think you said something a long time of like, we don't watch shows or when we have shows, we weren't watching them. When you look at the 90s, it was all black shows. What are you talking about? Fresh Prince, Family Matters, Moesha, The Game, that's 2000s. Girlfriends, that's 2000s. Um, Martin, Living Single. Different. But people, I guess, and you can explain, but my point is, is that 
There were black shows. They had multiple on multiple seasons. People watched those shows. They were invested. So this whole narrative of we don't watch our shows isn't true. That's why they had so many seasons. So why could we watch the shows then, but we don't support these shows now? So a lot of the shows that you're talking about from back in the 90s were on network television. Yeah. So those shows had much bigger audiences just by uh just by the just because of where the they reach. were on. Right. The reach they were on. So but they just, were watching it is my point. They were watching it because by the time and by the way, there were other shows that maybe that, that didn't work, right? They were watching it because by the time a show gets to that place, but it's on Fox, it's on NBC, Fresh Prince is on NBC, right? Mm-hmm. It's on Fox, it's on NBC. The audience for those shows, uh, just by virtue of those shows being on those networks, UPN is still was still network television. It was a fledgling network, but it was still network television. We talk about Moesha oh, yeah. and the Parkers and then later on Girlfriends and stuff. And I'm not saying, I'm not saying in, in those situations that black people weren't watching those. They, they were watching what I'm saying is they're obviously not watching these shows and then they're not, they're not watching them. And then they're also complaining when they get canceled. So what I'm saying is I'm not blaming the audience. I'm not blaming the audience. I'm trying to create the value for the audience and saying, if you want black art on, you have got to make it a specific goal of yours to support it. If you want it on, not just, Hey, I like this. You got to say, what's the next black shit that's coming on for me to try to like? Because if not, I mean, we could talk about the promotion and all of that stuff. But to be honest with you, no studio. I mean, I'm not going to say that because that's not true at all. But any of the places that greenlit any of this content would have loved for it to be the next succession. They would have loved for it because it makes them money. They're looking at this stuff. What they hear is they hear this. They hear everyone wants diverse stories. Black Panther made a billion dollars. So much black shit was greenlit off the back of shit like that. That's why it's important to go see those movies. It's important to go see those movies, right? Because when a movie like that makes a billion dollars or a moonlight that comes out and does all of this, they think, hey, we're living Bill Street. They think, hey, we're living in a time where we can get money, or prestige off of content that features diverse casts and diverse voices. Well, let me also say that studios and networks and whoever is the PR behind it, I think they need to do a better job of putting like a rap shit should be, if it's up to the black community or it should be up to the black community to be supporting these shows or to even know that they're out there and how they can watch them and when they can watch them, then you've got to be putting them on platforms with black audiences. Not a knock to extra, but like Rapshit was doing all the media rounds with like, you know, access and ET and extra. And that's great. And it's great that they were getting this national attention for this show that is all about black people. But if it's up to us to be supporting it, were they necessarily doing it? So this is what I'm saying. It's, I mean, to, it's, it's I mean, not to just up to us. Everybody should, everybody should ingest, watch and enjoy black stories. Because black history, black stories, they're American stories. Black stories are stories that have the same resonance and the same sort of importance of anybody else's stories. So if we can watch fucking Seinfeld, you should be able to watch Living Single. If we can watch fucking Curb Your Enthusiasm, you should be able to watch Black AF, right? If you can (laughs) watch... Hey, 
You're the one over here making faces and laughing. Not like, me. What's up? Well, fucking can you? But like, if so, I'm not saying that it's only us. But I'm saying if we're going to specifically care when black shows get canceled, we have to specifically endeavor right. into supporting those things. Speaking of that, um, will you be watching the new Wizard of Oz that's based in Inglewood? I, I got, I'm going to check it out. Look, it, 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 you know, it's tough, man. That's a tough one for me, man. Because I just asked why, you know? That's that's the only question. I'm not saying it's going to be whack. I don't think it's, you know, I'm just asking why, man. It's just, to me, and I, I do, I actually feel like a lot of the criticism that Kenya has gotten over the time has been like, over time, should I say, has been unfair. Agree. I, I really do, you know. Um, but that's one that you make. And I'm like, my nigga, you just kind of set yourself up for people to kick you in your nuts about that. Because that just don't seem like it needs to be done. You know, the, the jokes is flying. Maybe it'll be dope. Maybe this shit will be dope. You know, I'm not, you know, the joke, but the jokes is flying right now. People were like, I saw one tweet that said he going to make Dorothy uh, biracial and called it whizzish. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, you know, it's like, that, that's a, you know, um, did you like you people? Did you like the movie? I think we've talked about you people. It wasn't what I thought it was going to be. Right. This is a tough one, you know, it's a tough one, but it's, look, it's not, Everything's not for everyone. Everything. I'm not saying you have to watch a black show and you like it. I'm not saying you have to watch. I didn't like you people. I didn't like it. I, I, you don't have to like it. But what I'm saying is give it a chance. You have to want to like it. You have to show a cultural sort of allegiance to that as well. If you care that it gets get, 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 gets canceled. Because what will happen is, man, why are all these black shows getting canceled? Then it's like, well, how many of them did you watch? Whatever. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, update real quick. I have to, to give an apology too. I apologize to celeb to, to celeb D to celeb D, um, mental health advocate. Uh, her name is Daphne Sutton. Mm-hmm. Is her real name? She's a mental health advocate, and she was the sister who I say sister very very directly and intently. She was the sister who was uh, um, who first outed uh, Roe the brick lady who was on top of it calling out the inconsistencies in the story mm-hmm. and we talked about it when we were on the podcast last time i had seen this tiktok from this white lady uh some time ago who was calling out the inconsistencies in her story and doing all of that i think mm-hmm. we even talked about it or whatever mm-hmm. and for some reason without me going to do my due diligence on it i thought that those two people were the same people gotcha and so i said that she was a white lady I, as Van Lathan, would never want to be confused with somebody other than the black man yeah. that I am. It happens and to you a lot. It, it, that's not true. I get confused Van with Van Jones. No, that's right. what I'm saying. Just yeah. the wrong person. So I said she was white. It changed the tenor of the story a little bit because it made it look like some white woman was out to get Roe. And that was irresponsible on my part. I apologize to Daphne. I apologize to her on uh, on Twitter and on Instagram. So I apologize to her right now. It was not my intent at all, sister. No axe to grind, no bone to pick with you in any way. Um, so I do apologize. But I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. Quick update on the Brick Lady. The Brick Lady continues to maintain her innocence. 
Okay. She maintains her innocence. She says that uh, a lot of this stuff is being made up to make her look bad and she's a victim. And she said that she's mm-hmm. not, she said she's not on the run because people had said that she was on the lamb. She was a lamb and she just says she's not on the run. Uh, it seems to me pretty clear that she lied. Right? About which part? About getting hit? No, that she lied about, that she framed that the entire thing in a dishonest way. And that she had multiple opportunities oh, yeah, to, yeah. to not, it seems pretty clear to me that she owes an apology. Well, wait, 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 wait. It's clear to you that she lied about the circumstances surrounding how she got hit, like what she was hit with, where she was. Is that what you're referring to? Or did more come out that I'm just not aware of? Okay, so she struck the guy first. Yeah. The guy hit her back. Mm -hmm. The guy was not held accountable or held accountable. The the DA says that's mutual combat. Mm -hmm. Framing it as, hey, a guy asked for my number. I said no. He hit me with a brick, and a bunch of people stood around and didn't do anything. Mm-hmm. Is to me insidiously disingenuous. It's a lie. the The entire concoction of that is a lie. And so it's it's not what she said it was. What she tried to incite by specifically going black men this, black men that. Uh, she said a bunch of black men did. The entire thing. So she owes an apology to who? You, she just owes an apology. Not to, not necessarily to black men. Just to me, the same way I said, hey, Jesse Smollett should apologize. Jesse Smollett should, should apologize. Not that we have to throw Jesse in a cultural dungeon and leave him there. He's done a lot for his community. And I hope that he continues to do a lot for his community, right? But just as I said, hey, the thing is, you said it was about this. You said it was about MAGA and about all of that stuff. That stirs up some of the deepest fears that we have. Mm-hmm. You use those fears to further something that wasn't true. Why not just be like, I had a bad moment. I'm going to try to be better. I apologize and then move on. It's the same thing I feel from, from mm. her. I don't think I care enough. It would do, I don't care to get an apology from her. This is my, qu- I, this is my question. Okay. Go ahead. Go, no, go ahead. No, I was, and the only thing I was going to add is, if if anything, it's like, listen, I messed up the details of what happened that night because I was drunk or whatever. Okay. This is my question. This is the question. Are black men and black women in a healthy enough position to ever ask black women for accountability? Yes. Are you sure? Uh, yeah, I mean, you're, if are you, you're making it what is in the, general, well, of course. What I'm saying then, what is the hesitation? I've had conversations with. I was on uh, Ole's podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, shout out to Ole. I was on Ole's podcast, Ole and Friends, on Saturday. Right. Even when you have people who intellectually can understand that a black lady for whatever reason, is in the wrong for a situation. They have a problem, it seems like, coming to terms for the fact, with the fact, that that woman should be accountable. Rather than just say, in this situation, I asked you, I'm like, hey, shouldn't she just say I'm sorry? It's obvious she lied, and you're like, I don't care enough to get an apology. Well, as a black man, 
Like that's what I said, and I asked you who does she's owe apology to? I'm not saying she's she doesn't necessarily have to apologize just to black men, just an apology. Period. So what I'm saying is, is it to the point? I'm asking. As, no, I don't think it's to that point. Then why? Then what's so hard about it? Then then why? I, why is I it? Got to be honest with you. This is like this is the worst scenario for me for you to ask that question for me. I really don't care a lot about it. And it's not because it's a black woman that's at the center of it and is being asked to be held accountable. She hit him and he hit her. I'm disgusted on both ends. She was clearly inebriated, even from what the, the prosecutor is saying or the police are saying for, at that point. I just feel like the details are so messy. I don't think she remembers what happened. And I'm not excusing her for what she said. Like, she got it wrong. That's not true. Like, there was no brick. Now, he still hit her with something in his hand, but I feel like to completely just say, hey, this woman owes him an apology. Not him. Or in, but but he's a, he's a black man, just in general, the public for lying. It almost absolves him from 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 the responsibility of, of hitting her. It's just the wrong situation for me to be able to answer that question. But if you're asking me flat out in general, no, I don't think that that's the case. Let me tell you why this scenario. Like I watched a bunch of videos with her and I'm just like, I'm, I'm just. <laughs> Let me tell you why this scenario made me think of that question. Because if she were white, I don't think you would feel the way that you feel. If she were white, if she were, if she were white, and that black guy hit her. If she were white, if she was a white woman mm-hmm. that got in into an argument with a black guy, maybe she knew him. Maybe they were in some kind of. Maybe it's her boyfriend or. She knew them. They're in some kind of back and forth, right? Mm-hmm. All right. They they were hanging out before, whatever. She hits him. She hits her back. Mm-hmm. Then she specifically talks about black men when she's leveling her allegations. Mm-hmm. Her use of race and her specification of black men in that situation, I feel like a lot of the sisters in this situation would not be as protective of her They would not say they don't care. They would say they care very deeply. And it would be different. Let me just say this. It would be different because then that echoes with white women in their history of doing this to black men. Yeah, there's a history there. He also would have been arrested. Yeah, he would be in jail. (laughs) But but it, it would be different. But what I'm saying is the feeling from some people of wanting accountability and just saying, hey, you know what? You said black men did this. You said black men did that. It's okay to say, even if you say, I don't recall, I didn't recall, I was yeah. drunk. Hey, how about I unfairly threw you guys into this? I'm sorry about that, but this still happened. But it seems like a lot of the black women I talk to, I'm saying black women just specifically because I understand and I'm asking the question sincerely. A lot of the black women I come to, they can't come to that determination. And I think it's because we might be at a point to where black ladies feel so injured by black men, they feel so unseen, so unprotected, that at this point, we can't even have a conversation about, like, we're going to close ranks every time. Every time there's something, we're going to close ranks. We know that on the other side, sometimes it's not in good faith. So we can't have an intellectual conversation about what it is that we do or what it yeah, is that we'll say. I don't believe that. You don't I, think so? I'm not, okay. I'm not, I know people are probably shocked. To think yeah. that, but I don't believe that. I don't think that we've gone past the point of no return when it comes to the re- that type of relationship with black men and, and black women. I do think I'll, people were very mad at my take 
of course. Um, Talk about what? About this about brick lady? Brick lady. They, yeah. like, you know, like they were like, oh, Rachel will bend over backwards to support a black woman. I will say that the only videos I watched were, you know, her saying these people are standing around me. I saw her say that in like the video in the hospital of her face. I didn't see the continued narrative about black men and black men do this and all of that. I I didn't see all of that. And so I will say once you learn, let's just say, let me say I'll give it to her. She was drunk, blacked out, doesn't even remember. Once you learned that there is evidence that shows what really happened and it does not match up with what you said, you should have said, I do think she should have been like, listen, I I should not, I don't remember what happened or I don't recall, as you said, and I shouldn't have said all of that without recalling. I, I will say that, but I would still be like, but he hit me. With something in my hand. I know, but <laughs> I still you know, think you that, know that she hit him first. Yes, she I know she had the violence. And I already gave my argument about the power that a man has more than a woman, the strength, the same reason you said you would never do it. Nah, Again, I'm, I'm not, not she should say, like, I miss, I painted a picture and played into a stereotype that with black women versus black men that I should not have without knowing the full facts because I wasn't in my right mind. She should say that. But I don't think that's it for me. It stops right there. She shouldn't have hit him, but he definitely shouldn't have hit her with something in his hand back. And I'll stand by that. Hmm. Um, this is what I'm saying. This is the 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 basic thing that I'm getting at. Look, if the goal is to foster relationships between black men and black women where we mm-hmm. can trust one another, where we can rely on the, one another, there are going to have to be two people at that table. Two people, two groups at that table. Mm -hmm. It's the way we look at each other. It's how we deal with one another. And that means, unfortunately, there's going to have to be some apologies on both sides. Sure. Not in the aggregate. I'm calling upon my brothers to do better by black women. I am. But I tell you what, it is not going to be productive in my opinion, for every single one of the world's problems to be hurled at the feet and in the lap of black men. Okay, that's an extreme exaggeration. <laughs> I'm, just I'm just saying every, every single problem Every one of the is, world's problems. No, I'm just saying is, we, we, we come back exactly to it. That is exactly what we, you we, we come back to it and it's like, oh, I could make, a, if I really was a dick about it, that woman has a violent history. She has a history of domestic violence. She has hit before. She's a violent person. Doesn't mean that that happened in this situation. What? She, she hit him. She did hit him. Okay. so She I, did hit him. I'll say is, I could make an argument that she's abusive and she needs help. You could make that argument and I'm not saying I would disagree with it. But again, back to what I said when you were like, who does she owe apology to? And you kept dancing around it. You want an apology no. as black men. Yes, you do. Oh, and let me just say I, something I don't, else. But, but black you, men, I love y'all. I you, love y'all. I know y'all don't think I do. You keep saying that, but I don't. I think You like, don't think I love black men? No, I, I know that you do. Well, we'll see. But like, <laughs> you have a chance to prove it now. I really do. You know they're going to be watching me. I really do. Uh, um, uh, but look, I'll say this. Uh, oh, we left out some shows that were canceled, by the way. Is, is it a Swagger got canceled after two seasons? That was a good show. I didn't watch that. Uh, Lovecraft Country got cancel after one show although I will, one season I will say that Lovecraft Country maybe though was a um was a limited was that like a limited 
I think there was a chance that it could have gotten a second season. I thought that's what people said. Um, all I'm saying is, I, all I'm saying is this. It's like, I, I don't, I think, I look at us as a community. So it's not, it's not a, it's not a, a, a an apology to black men or black women. It's an apology to black people. Hey, I said black. When you say black, you're talking about all of us. That's mm-hmm. the way I look at it. So if you injure my sisters, well, hey, apologize to black people. Apologize to us. Like when, when the lady said that Oprah couldn't come into the fucking store because she was North African. Remember that? No. You remember when they, when, when they fucking didn't know that Oprah was the richest motherfucker around? Who's they? It's like some place in some store or whatever. I'm not saying apologize to black women in that situation. Okay. Apologize to black people. Apologize yeah. to us. Okay. Uh, before we go, I have to say, I have to see this movie. I have to see a movie called The American Society of Magical Negroes. I have to see this movie. Yeah, I saw the previews for it when I went to go see The Color Purple, which you all should. American Society. So I didn't understand it. Now I've read about it. And I think that this is a movie that we should have a higher learning watch. Oh, my Lord, have mercy. (laughs) Oh, my God. No, you don't. I am into that. It comes out in March. And just looking and seeing what this movie is about, I feel like it brings up a lot of interesting topics. I think that Black people specifically can relate to being a magical Negro. And it sounds, I was reading a review on it because I was trying not to spoil it for myself, but it really sounds brilliant. Um, No? Okay. I'm into it. I'm into it. I'm into it. Have you seen it yet? Because I know you get screeners. Okay. I have not seen it. I have not seen it. It Um, just seems to deal with a lot of the issues that we've talked about on this podcast. So I feel like it would be a really fun higher learning watch. I'm into it. I think we should do that. Higher learning watch for the American Society of Magical Negroes. I think that we should um, we should do that. The movie is very controversial. Okay, controversial. It's been making us uproar. It makes people uncomfortable. And by that I mean white people. No. Wrong. Black people? Black people. I would think it would make white people uncomfortable. Donnie, have you seen the discourse over this? I have, yeah. I think a lot of it was uh, people's expectations were one thing after uh, there was like a teaser that like didn't re- uh, release any of the plot for real. No, it and doesn't. people were kind of excited. And then when the full trailer came out, they felt like they were kind of duped. But what are they mad about specifically? What makes you upset? I think, Donnie, go ahead. I was gonna say I feel like it's the the fact that white people or the white characters feel like they're it ends up being that they're centered in the plot in a way that uh, if you are looking at the teaser it seems like it might just be a movie that is about magical black people like wizards or something when it ends up being about the movie trope which is the magical negro the the black man or woman that's there to help out the main character who is white but that's symbolic. Of if 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 that is in fact true that white people are centered in the movie, then that goes to the point of the magical Negro. It plays yeah. into exactly what the whole movie's about. Yeah, I'm not someone who's upset about it just yet, because I feel like we're all going based off of trailers. I'm one who I feel like uh I get the idea of it not meeting your original expectation after that teaser, but uh, I can't. You can't really fully judge it without seeing. I think the the whole movie. But I get the upsetness about like feeling like you're being duped when it's one. You think it's one thing, but it ends up being another. But still, not having seen the full movie, it's hard to give like a full assessment on it either. Hmm. Okay. Well, we'll see what happens. Fuck them. We're watching it. 
We're watching it. Kyle and Watch. Kyle We're Watch. back. Uh, American Society of uh, Magical Negroes here at Spotify. We're going to do it. The movie opens when, you say? I think March. Is it, is it March? Looks like March 22nd. Okay, yeah. so we'll do it here. We'll do it here. We'll see what you guys see. Fuck it. Mm-hmm. Fuck it. All right, take the caps off. Do not stop learning. I'm Van Lathan Jr. I'm Rachel and Lindsay. Bye, guys. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. If you're busy like me and you're trying to catch your kids' games, it's important to have somewhere where you can go to find a good hotel. We're all over the place. Sometimes, you know, we're in Florida. We'll be in New York. We want to take the wife on a quick vacation and get away. Whether you're looking for a relaxing getaway or heading out of town to see the playoffs, Hotels.com app has a perfect hotel for every trip. Compare up to five hotels side by side so you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings without having to switch back and forth between options. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today.